Hello everyone, I hope you're all having a marvelous and uncanny day, and welcome back to the podcast, The Dark and Eerie History of the 19th Century Gothic, where we discuss the fabled stories that shroud the 19th century in its infamous darkness. Stories of strange men with fangs, but never seen during the light of day, limbs sewn together to create one monstrous being, madmen's with potions and only half lucid in their sanity. All stories that may be hypothetical. Some might even denounce them as superstitions at the time. But for our purposes, these ghostly tales reveal the true life and events that the 19th century experienced. In today's episode of Eerie History, we'll be telling the tale of one man, one man that held the power to affect so many, yet he selflessly chose to pursue a life of miserliness and was thus made to suffer the consequences of his actions through the very thing that he disdained most, the excessive good cheer that is Christmas. Here we tell the tale of Ebenezer Scrooge and the ghosts that haunted him. Bah humbug, humbug here and a humbug there. This was Scrooge's way of expressing himself. The only way, if we're being generous, he might have known how. To him, Christmas was a time for paying bills without money and a time for finding yourself a year older but never an hour richer. Christmas was also the day that Scrooge's business partner and sole friend, Jacob Marley, died. After a dispute with his merry nephew, the old miser went home and swore to himself that he had not seen Marley's face in the knocker. He also swore that darkness was cheap and that it was definitely worth the paranoia, as all the bells told. But lo and behold, the transparent ghost of Marley appeared before him as Scrooge trembled near the unkept fire. Padlocks, keys, ledgers, and deeds rattled and wrapped about Marley's form, for they were the chains he forged in life. As Marley was unable to escape his fate in life, he presented a new one to the unrepentant Scrooge with the words, You will be visited by three ghosts. The hour bell had sounded. A strange figure, both of an old man and a child, appeared before Scrooge. It wore a tunic of the purest white and held a fresh branch of green holly. Most astonishing was the bright, clear jet of light that sprung from the crown of its head. The spirit was a ghost of Christmas past. Scrooge's past. The past of many that forces the extinguisher cap upon the light that the spirit offers, the hope. Scrooge took the hand of the spirit and they journeyed far to the country where Scrooge was but a young boy in school, left alone each year as others left and celebrated their merriment together, to the day when Scrooge's sister told him that father wanted him home again, to the time of Scrooge's apprenticeship under the delightful Mr. Fezziwig and their festive parties, to the moment when the golden idol of coin displaced his young love and fiancé. Tormented, Scrooge seized the extinguisher cap and brought it down upon the form of the spirit. The hour bell had sounded. Come in and know me better, man, exclaimed a giant, a jolly giant of tremendous proportions, who held a glowing torch of light above his head, holly, mistletoe, and ivy, chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, and luscious pears. This was the ghost of Christmas present. Scrooge touched the robe of the spirit, and the mirth, the fire, and the ruddy glow vanished. Christmas morning had entered the gloomy streets of Britain with the scraping of snow from the pavement, and the jovial greetings of those who briskly set about their work. The spirit went about sprinkling incense from his torch upon the dinners of those that were poor and kindly given, and proclaimed that those who do their deeds of passion, pride, ill will, and selfishness in our names are strange to all of us. Charge their doings on themselves, not I. Scrooge promised that he would. They then traveled to the dwelling of Scrooge's clerk, Bob Cratchit, and the spirit blessed this home with his torch too. Within the home, upon his shoulders was his son, Tiny Tim, who was crippled and his limbs were supported by an iron frame. Despite their lack of physical wealth, they had wealth aplenty and hope, joy, and merriment. They lastly traveled to the home of Scrooge's nephew, 
a festive affair was ongoing where the guests had tea, listened to music, played games of blind man's bluff, and laughed at the expense of their miserly Uncle Scrooge. As the night drew along, Scrooge noticed that the vivacious and plentiful ghost was aging. He also noticed a claw protruding from the ghost's robes. These claws were attached to the monstrous children of man, ignorance and want. Where youth should have revised them, age and fatigue pinched and twisted them. They have no refuge or resource, just as there are no prisons or workhouses to sustain them. The bell had sounded. Silent as a grave, a hooded figure approached Scrooge, a phantom, scattering gloom and misery with its very being. A black garment veiled its form, all except an outstretched hand which pointed towards him. This was the ghost of Christmas yet to come, who shows the shadows of things that have not happened but will happen. Fearful, Scrooge followed the phantom in the shadow of its dress. They entered an unknown city and into a seemingly trivial conversation concerning the chief funeral of someone not so dear that had passed. They entered once more into another conversation. A family awaits the news of what their fate may be, and to their good fortune, the man to whom they owe their debt is past relenting, as he is dead. They enter a final scene. Tiny Tim lies in bed, surrounded by the rest of the Cratchits. All are somber. All are quiet. Too quiet. The phantom pointed his finger. Scrooge is shown a churchyard, with graves overrun by weeds and vegetation's death. The stone of the neglected grave read the name, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge exclaimed, I will live in the past, the present, and the future. Holding his hands in prayer, Scrooge watched as the phantom's figure collapsed. It is speculated that after these hauntings, that Christmas day, seven years after Jacob Marley's death, Scrooge was unrecognizable. Some claim that the sudden appearance of his felicity was the result of the madness that is the cost of old age. Others vow that Scrooge became so enamored with the good cheer of Christmas time and the fact that he finally went to church again that he willingly made himself a pauper due to his generosity that day and that he became a second father to Tiny Tim in an act of repentance. Either way, no matter what the circumstance, this ghostly tale of the infamous Ebenezer Scrooge undeniably emphasizes the values of the Gothic 19th century. But where are the extremes of passion? Take care to avoid your own madness and eventual death. And lastly, always be wary of the ghosts that come to haunt you and endeavor to change your perceptions of life. Thank you for listening on this episode of Eerie History.